Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, what's shaking, everybody? Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, the fourth day of the new year, January 4th, 2024, alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. As always, we come to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, it is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. That's pearlriverresort.com. C Spire text line is open. I have a hunch that it might be hopping just a little bit today as well as we move throughout the show. Uh, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in C Spire country. 601-879-4395 is the number. A gorgeous day today in the Magnolia State, bright sunshine. Anything else going on, fellas? Howdy. I'm having equipment difficulties in here, like the the keyboard's not mm-hmm. working right, the mouse is like moving to the right. Other than that, nothing else going on. Hey, Dad. Hello. I, I'm fine. Everything's everything's fine here. You're not having lot. technical difficulties because I can't stop this mouse from just automatically moving to the right. It's driving me nuts. I want to punch one of these screens. I, I no, please don't punch anything. Uh, no, in, I'd get that, fired on the spot. Studio. I think you would, and while that would make incredible radio and television, hey. uh, I, I like you and would prefer for you to keep your job. Uh, no, no, I am not affected by your technical difficulties. The story of the day: the Pelicans are never mind. Oh, stop! Uh, <laughs> oh, God, stop! Don't even. Hey, they played when well. Sean Judkins is yeah. in the transfer portal. Uh, it came out this morning, and then there were like even some national people who normally break transfer portal news were like, Trans- uh, Quinshawn Judkins is not officially in the transfer portal. And then there was a graphic from Quinshawn Judkins announcing that he was in the transfer portal. So, uh, that is big news. Uh, he has obviously Ooh. been prolific on the field for two seasons at Ole Miss. We talked going into the bowl game about the rare air that he was in, in terms of being one of two SEC running backs in history to go for over a 1,000 yards and 15 or more touchdowns as a freshman and as a sophomore. Um, The other one is Herschel Walker, 
and there are nine players in the history of college football that have done that. So Ole Miss is losing a prodigious talent. By the way, I went back and watched the Peach Bowl last night. I did not think Mark Jones and Lewis Riddick were bad. I thought they were a little silly. The poetry thing was dumb. They did not exclusively call Ole Miss Mississippi. They alternated back and forth between it. I, I just, I don't like Mark Jones. Like, as a general rule, I don't think he's great at his job. But I thought they were fine on the broadcast. Yeah. Complete aside has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Just the, the broadcast, like, they were fine. The broadcast, I thought, stunk. The, the interrupting plays hey, or whatever. But anyway. Hey, Ned, the reason I said that, my, 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 my train of thought got me there because when I said prodigious, that sounded like a word that Mark Jones would use yeah. in he used it to describe Saquon Barkley's thighs. Yeah, he's got a whole thesaurus just ready to go. But yeah, so there's a lot of angles, and it's impossible to pick where to start. But I'm glad you started it the way you did because we'll talk about you know how they replace his production, what Ulysses Bentley becomes to this team, and how good he was this year, all that stuff. But I've seen too much of he's not that good. And, guys, I'm sorry, he is an elite level back. Just because Lane Kiffin's offenses in the past have had really good running games, and they will in the future, does not mean Quinshawn Judkins is not but an elite level football player. That, that, is, that is objectively true, and if you don't believe me, go back and watch the Egg Bowl. I mean, how quickly some people forget how special he was against the, the in-state rival. So, I'm glad you laid it out that way. Kiffin's offenses are always going to have good running backs because they run the ball really, really well. But I don't like the, ah, he's not that good stuff. Guys, let's let's be rational about this conversation. The dude's an elite-level football player. And I do think it would be worth looking at his stats one more time. Um, you, you want to go to his freshman year, 2022. Now I'm the one having problems with the computer. I was trying to refresh that, and uh, good grief. Oh, uh. Sorry, I'm just going to go a different route to uh, to get to that in a second. His freshman year, 274 carries, 1,567 yards, and uh, 16 rushing touchdowns. This past year, 271 carries, 1,158 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. So 31 rushing touchdowns to go with three receiving touchdowns over the last two years, and uh, 2,700 plus yards rushing. And I mean, it's it's really good, right? It's thirty-four total touchdowns. It's better it's than just, anybody else in the SEC over the last two years. It's it's just Simple really really good. So, from that standpoint, it's a loss. It is a big loss. In in a pure production on the field, any way you slice it, that is a significant loss for Ole Miss. There is more to this. Like like in, uh, Borky said a second ago, there are a lot of angles. There are a lot of different directions you can go. Where is Quinshawn Judkins going to land? That's one of the questions. Who is Ole Miss going to get to replace Quinshawn Judkins? Uh, there Part are of some... that production is already on the team, you think. Maybe he goes to the NFL, but Bentley, you would think, would have an increased role He's kind of earned that. I mean, when he gets his touches, he's quite good. Yeah, the issue with Quinch, uh, with uh, Ulysses Bentley is staying healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just 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 the issue. He got hurt again in the uh, in in the Peach Bowl and wasn't able to go the distance in that ball game. Um, 
They're going to get a deal done with Ulysses Bentley. That is in the works. If it's not completely done, I think you should expect to see an announcement in the next day or two that he will be coming back. Um, I feel like there's so many questions. And again, I don't know exactly how to how to do this. Here's what I let me tell you what what I know and what I believe. Quinshawn Judkins and his people had agreed in principle prior to the Peach Bowl with Ole Miss on a new deal. Both sides had agreed. There had been some back and forth. There had been some negotiating. And when when I say negotiate, I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about language and the contract and the way it was written and so some things that were in there that had been a little bit of a holdup, but they had they had reached an agreement in principle prior to the bowl game. Quinshawn Judkins choosing to enter the transfer portal, and somebody's going to—I know somebody hearing this is going to give me a side eye. That's fine. It was not about money. My guess is. Quinshawn Judkins is going to end up getting less money wherever he ends up than he was going to get at Ole Miss. And if for no other reason, it's because his biggest piece of leverage is now gone. Ole Miss was paying Quinshawn Judkins a lot of money. They paid him a lot of money this past year. They were going to pay him a lot of money this next year. And so without that being there as an option anymore... Whoever it is that enters the Quinshawn Judkins sweepstakes for his services for next season, they're not having to bid against Ole Miss. They're not having to beat what he was making at Ole Miss. They've only got to beat what somebody else is willing to pay. And and so, and, and again, we don't know the numbers, right, that, that other places are operating with. And so, but that's kind of an educated guess that he's going to end up making less money. So this was not about, it wasn't just about money, but there were some philosophical differences that were there. Um, there was frustration on both sides that existed. Uh, you have read things today, probably on message boards and Twitter and other places about frustration that existed with some of his teammates and some of that being evident from the Peach Bowl. And you know what? When it's all said and done, if you're disappointed with Quinshawn Judkins leaving, welcome to portal life. Because you can't be super-duper excited about going and getting people from other places like Walter Nolan or any of the other guys that Ole Miss has gotten in the portal over the last few years, and they'd be like, I can't believe he's leaving and going somewhere else. It's the world that we're in. Um, that's a starting point for the uh, for the conversation. Thoughts. I know we're up against a break, but maybe we'll, let's do that when we come back. Let's just let's just kind of make this an open forum. We will loop in your text messages as well on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. We're back with you right after this. 
moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, let's start here. Let's ask this question real quick. Somebody said, everything I can find says the transfer portal closed on 1224. Is there a special rule or is what I see wrong? They actually linked the uh, eligibility documents from the NCAA. I don't know this for a fact. I have read this today. I've tried to verify it, but haven't gotten a, a final answer. Um, teams that played in a New Year's Six game or a semifinal game there is a small window, five days, six days. Because Alabama players have through the weekend, yes. Yeah, after that game, that allows them to still be eligible to enter the portal. Yep. So I, I think that's the answer to that. So let's talk. Hey, Dan, as, as I was talking a second ago, I uh, the beauty of this, this uh, video stream we have, I, I saw a couple of eye rolls and a chuckle and a turn your head sideways a time or two and – What's on your mind, buddy? I mean, I just I, I can't help but get over the idea of uh, the, the, there are all these attitude issues with Judkins in the Peach Bowl, and Kiffin's thought process wasn't to bench him; it was to give him thirty-four carries. I mean, he had well, all these. Got hurt, nobody liked him. Well, I, I don't care. I mean, if he's such a cancer and such a problem, put him on the bench and well, just you, don't you have know anybody else to run. You, I'm just saying. Yeah, he, he, he's nobody likes him. Nobody wants him on the team. But we're going to give him the ball 34 times. I'm, I'm not going to buy into this. There is. I'm not going to buy into this idea that once again Ole Miss. Oh, we wanted him to go. Yeah, we we wanted him to no, go. No, no, he, 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 he had to go. I think you're making that part. of I don't think anybody's saying they wanted him to go. Oh, I some can people, find you some, some people, people saying. Well, I, okay, I'm sure some wanted. people are. But I meant you reacting to what I was saying a second ago as we were talking about that. I just, when, 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 if if he was such a problem, why 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 is he on the field? Surely somebody could run the football because they could figure something out. That's well, that's, that's the interesting yeah, that's, point that's about point. this, and um, it's it's a balancing act that you have because I mean. It, let, let's pretend all of that is true, right? Because I've seen people reference the two lane game. Well, that was a long time ago, and he played a lot. And, and played well. Again, watch the Egg Bowl. So he's not the first. If all of that is true, he's not the first diva to ever be in a locker room. So what, what, what was it? If it wasn't money, then, then what was the tipping point? Because you had, at the end of last season, multiple agreements, as I understand it. Richard, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But... Made an agreement. Actually, need more money. Okay, here's more money. Actually, need more money. That that happened after last season too, and it was happening again this year. But but all that existed during the the season, and and you balance that as as a coach. You, you if you have a locker room issue, then you deal with the locker room issue and you figure it out. And they did that, and they won eleven games with him as their primary ball carrier. So, what was it? That finally, what was it? Money? If it wasn't money, then then what was the the final? Not giving him what he's asking for anymore. Explore your options elsewhere, because as of last week, 
they had a new agreement. Like, they were expecting him to return and were going to pay him a substantial amount of money one week ago. This is what happened last year with State with Ra-Ra Thomas. Was they had a deal in place, they felt like, okay, we're good to go, and then he just kept coming back to the table saying, no, I want more, no, I want more. So I don't know if that's the case here or not with Judkins, but my guess is that at some point he was like, nah, you know, I want more. I mean, we've talked so many times about why they don't make NIL deals public because it will breed competition in the locker room. Well, if he's getting this one. But that is just because we don't know doesn't mean these the players don't know. Judkins has to know what guys are getting. They know. Yeah, he knows what Walter Nolan got. He knows what Juice Wells got. So he wants you know, he wants his 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 what he perceives to be his fair but share. But he of the was money. getting his. Well, he was getting what we would say is his fair share. But we're, apparently we're not, he's not getting what he would say is his fair share. Whether it's fair or not is is his perception. You know, I might say, well, he's making six hundred thousand dollars a year. That's great money for a running back. Running backs are, are usually pretty replaceable. It's not like he's a quarterback or a high end defensive end or something like that. But he might look at it as though I'm the best player on this team and I should be paid as such. And that SEC Mike guy who said that Judkins is more valuable to Ole Miss than Dart is I mean that that's just absurd. That's ridiculous. So if it if it did and Richard, you said it wasn't just about money, but let's just pretend for a second that, that he was asking for more than Dart. Sorry. Jackson Dart's more valuable to Ole Miss football than you. Dart Sorry. is more valuable, but Judkins is a better football player, if that makes sense. It, that, better at running back than Dart is Judkins the best player sense. on the team. Mm-hmm. Judkins is the best player on the team. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was. You, um, you didn't believe it, it was true at first, hey, Dad. I'm still not. I'm still not sold. You people, you're deceitful. Hey, uh, let, let's 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 have one more bet. Let's just add another bet to the. Uh, no, 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 to, we're, good. The we're good. We're good. If you're not we're sold, we're good. Uh, well, you you we're tell good. me what we're the good. stakes are. I'm in. You well, guys... I mean, you see, you see, there's there's some there's stuff that's come out after I tweet it that makes it look like yeah, this this is a real thing. But at the same time, I mean, what when it first came out, my first thought was. This time next week, here's the video. I could never leave. My heart was, I, I, I could just see it. I could have written the script for it. So, but apparently, no, I'm wrong on that one. Something that I've, I've thought about since this happened is, is one like you, Richard. I mean, you know, uh, the portal giveth, the portal taketh away. This is college football today. It happens. I mean, you took Texas A&M's best player, and somebody is going to take your star running back. I mean, that's just life in the portal age. The The next thing I thought of is... How much of a loss is it? Because losing Quinshaw Judkins, I, I, I'm just not going to entertain the, it's not a, on the field, on the football field, production on the field, ability as a player, you're, you're not going to get Quinshaw Judkins' ability from anyone else. I don't think you will. So how much of a loss is it compared to what you're going to replace him with? How much does it change the way you think about this coming season and the amount of wins the team is going to have? Does it change their ceiling at all? So if you look at Judkins on his own in isolation, it's a massive loss, right? Elite player, great running back. But what's his wins above replacement? Like, how much better is he than... It's almost like you listen to me and Robbie recording tomorrow's (laughs) podcast. I had this exact discussion about war. 
How much better is he than Ulysses Bentley? If if he is RB1 next year, what's the difference between those two guys? So too many people are reacting to the loss of Judkins and not also bringing into the conversation what Bentley is or if they add out of the portal, whether it be a guy that's already in the portal or a guy that they are trying to convince to get in the portal because that's how it works now. If Judkins is a one war, if he is one win above replacement in in football, I mean, baseball, one war is nothing. But in football, where you only play 12 games, that is the difference between making the playoff and not making it. What if you replace his one war with a .8 war? See that that's well, my you, question you, is you covered it. Yeah. But is there is there a if Judkins is only a one, who is a point eight? Who's the second best running back in, in college football? Well, I mean, that's an arbitrary value. I mean, I get that you're kind of using a hypothetical war number, but yeah. We're, it's an arbitrary assignment because none of us are smart enough well I'm, I'm not smart enough to do an algorithm to figure out what that means or what that actually looks nah. like but every offense that Lane Kiffin has had has had a productive running back or multiple productive running backs and mm-hmm. what 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 do you need to replace is it is it the actual production like yard for yard touchdown for touchdown is it the threat of the run? Is it by committee? Do you have to do it with one guy? Can it be multiple guys? I think there are a lot of things when you talk about, okay, what does Ole Miss do going forward to fill the hole that is left by Judkins? Because maybe you don't have a one-for-one replacement to him. Um, I'm led to believe that Ole Miss has a plan in place for this, that, that this is not something that just happened Last night, this morning, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, what do we do now? It's not a you're just caught with your pants down thing. Um, I think there's a chance that you see a high-level running back or two enter the portal in the next couple of days. And then, I mean, when Ole Miss got Ulysses Bentley, they got him in the spring portal two years ago. So, uh, there's... um. There's a lot there. There's a, a lot there. And I think we can uh, we can continue this conversation on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios. More coming up. Ceasefire text line is hopping. We'll try to get to some of your messages when we come back as well in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. All in the cold 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to have you along for the ride on this Thursday. C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Let's start with Shaq Bully in Biloxi. Hey, Rich, how do you like the transfer portal now? I like it just fine, Shaq Bully. I don't have an issue with the way that it operates. Does it stink that Ole Miss just lost the best running back in the SEC and arguably the best running back in the country going into next season? Yeah, it does. Like, it does. Take whatever else you have read today about relationships and teammates and locker room, but take all that stuff, just strip it all away. And focus on the fact that if all of that was going on and he still did what he did on the field over the last two years, wow. So, does losing that stink for Ole Miss? Yeah, bad. But have you seen what else has happened in the transfer portal? They've they've added some pretty good pieces. They still got a quarterback coming back, and they've got the majority of their production on the offensive side of the ball coming back. And I think they're going to get something done with Bentley, and he's going to come back. And I think they're going to add one or two more running backs, some that may be in the portal, some that may not be in the portal yet. And hey, Dad, we, we've had this conversation this year. I don't remember when we did it, October. Because I think it was in a conversation about Quinshawn Judkins where I was like, guys, what do you do if you're Ole Miss? Because you know he's being paid a ton. You know he's going to command at least that much again next year to keep him on your roster. You look at the makeup of your roster and you have to decide, okay, is it worth that for the running back position or are we better off going and using that money to fill in with blank? And hey, Dad, if I remember correctly, you were of the opinion, whatever it takes, you got to keep, you got to keep Judkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is my opinion. I think it's it's about perception more than anything else. I think it's about, you know, that's your best player, and you you've brought all these other guys in, but now your best player is hitting hitting the road. You know, Ole Miss has just had such a string of positive things. This this is the first bad thing that's happened to Ole Miss since when? Since they lost to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And that was that was sport. two months ago. Yeah, I mean they they haven't lost a, 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 a men's basketball game. The women's basketball team is fine. They've been nailing all these transfers. Everything is is everything is is going has been going. Ole Miss is. I, I mean I'm just trying to you know, Coach. Yeah, you should love Coach Yo. She got your only wins against me last year. Uh and so it's I just been this this jerseys, this man. I, I, in case you forgot, it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, it's it's just been a, a positive, positive like avalanche for Ole Miss. This is the first bad thing that's happened to the Rebels in, in quite some time. Yeah. So, and it's a, it's a bad thing, you know. No matter how you try to spin it, this this is your any team in the country losing its best football player is a problem. Any team would struggle to replace Georgia. I don't know who Georgia's best football player is off the top of their head. I guess maybe Brock if Bowers. you say it's Carson Beck. No, it's Brock, Brock Bowers. Bowers, right? Well, he's and he's what, going to the draft. Well, that's fine, but. 
He's going to the draft. So they will struggle next year, as talented as they are, whoever they replace him with, whoever they're starting tight end, is not going to be as good as Brock Bowers. Simple as that. Yeah. But does that mean that Georgia takes a step back as a team? No, because they have the depth and the talent everywhere else to make up for it. Does Ole Miss have that? We'll find out. I mean, I I think with what they've put together, they do. I because I, I what was more and what was more, and I know it's not an either or thing, but what was more important uh, to Ole Miss's success in twenty twenty four? Getting much better on the defensive and offensive lines, or keeping Judkins around? It's it's oh, the first line one. of scrimmage without question. But and again, it's not an either or thing. But the the point is that they've gotten one of those. They've checked one of those boxes. They have gotten significantly better on the defensive line. They're working on it, of course. But at least if you're looking for a spin zone, if you're an Ole Miss fan looking for spin zone, positive spin, you are now budgeted many hundreds of thousands of dollars for the 2024 season to help you with maybe another running back. Maybe a couple more offensive linemen. Heck, what you were paying Judkins, you could get two offensive well, linemen and a running saying, back. They, they were going to do that anyway. They were, but now and, you've got and, and more. So, and, and so now you, you have freed up cash flow. So what, this, yes. And yeah. you, you were going to go after two or three offensive linemen, even with Judkins coming back. And you do have to go, you got to go get a running back now. Might have to go get two running backs, mm-hmm. but my my point was, yeah, yeah, no, you have right. more right, right for that. So whether that means higher caliber or it gives you the flexibility to maybe get a player that you weren't even expecting to be in the portal if somebody pops in, you know, down the line. Um, here's my question. Just for now, until my next question pops up. <laughs> Is there a scenario where regardless of who the running back is for Ole Miss next year, it's going to be easier to gain yards on the ground in this offense next season than it was this year? And the basis for that question is, if Ole Miss gets better on the offensive line, through the portal and guys coming back and whatever. And defenses have to scheme a little bit differently because of the weapons they have in the passing game. Does that make it a little easier to run the ball? I mean, you say a little easier to run the ball. Ole Miss has led the SEC in rushing. How many years of Kiffin being there? How much easier can it be? I mean, the tacklers still have to be out there, right? I mean, okay. <laughs> all right. So, so they're going to be fine running the ball. I'm going to use your yeah. answer to turn around what you've been saying. It's like you, you can't place, replace Quinshawn Judkins. Ole Miss mm-hmm. led the SEC in rushing before Quinshawn oh, yeah. Judkins. They re- led the SEC in yeah. rushing with Quinshawn Judkins. What's to say they don't lead the SEC in rushing after Quinshawn Judkins? They might very well lead the SEC in rushing, but there's still no denying that. That was their best running back, and they're probably, and the, probably the best overall player on the team. Yeah, and, and, and I'm that's, not that's, disagreeing with you in the least about that. So, best player, I mean, not it's most the important of, player, but best player. Yeah. So, I mean, they, I mean, he rushed for for 1,500 yards a season ago. This year, with Dart, even with Dart being better, he rushed for fewer yards. 
I, I, I said, with Ole Miss, I'm not worried about offense. And I'm, I mean, defensively, they're getting a lot better. And at worst, this probably only hurts Ole Miss for a win, but it's the margin of error for Ole Miss in a win is the difference between the college football playoff and not being in the college football playoff. All right, this isn't a team that was going to go 12 and 0, and now they might go 11 and 1. They're a team that's probably, if you made me sit down with a pencil and paper, say, do their schedule, I'd probably say 10 and 2. But 9 and 3 is iffy for the playoff. And if I say 9 and 3, then 8 and 4 is not in the playoff. I don't think 9 and 3 gets in the playoff. Probably doesn't, but I mean, you'd be close. You, you, it, it there's going to be a 9 and 3 team in. It could be Ole Miss. There are years when 9 and 3 would have had you in the top 12, and there are years like this mm-hmm. year where. Ten and two barely has you in the top ten. That, yeah. But and there, therein lies the, the question that cannot be answered, and, and we'll see what they do in the portal, and, and that'll change the answer. But is he worth a full win? Does losing Judkins was, change the team by a full? What is win or does not? Ole Miss beat Texas A and M in twenty twenty two without Quinshawn Judkins? In twenty twenty two, no. Do they beat Mississippi State last year, this past season? And I think they probably still do, but Judkins took control of that game in the second half. He played like a man possessed. And that's got Ole Miss going. Yeah, yeah, that's what got Ole Miss going in that game. Yeah, I think Quinshaw Judkins is worth a win. I think his win above replacement is at minimum one. So whatever you were going to pick Ole Miss's record to be next year, you're now subtracting a game from that based on this? Because I got no, no, because I gotta see I gotta see who else they bring out in the portal now. Yeah. We're a long way from doing that. Yeah. Well it may Sorry, not, just, it, I'm it just may trying to paint you long. into a quarter on January fourth for, uh, for uh, that's September. Not happening. It, uh, I'll it, get new information between now and then, I promise you that. It, it may not take that long, but before you see what they add, but um, Yeah. But whoever they add, he's not as good as Quinshawn Jenkins. I think Quinshawn Jenkins is the best running back in college football. So whoever you get, even if you get the number two guy, he's not as good as number one. It's interesting to me that Lane Kiffin talks so much about the chemistry that this team had this year. If some of what, some of the feelings that teammates had for Judkins are true, that they still managed to have as close knit a team uh, as they did. And so, whew, what does that look like a year from now? All right, I promise we'll go to the text line when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Communication system is a go. go. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go to the ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. Dwayne and Brandon says, is there, any, uh, is there nothing Ole Miss could have done to keep Quinshawn? 
I said this earlier. I'll say it again. And you can just re-rack your text messages that you sent earlier when you said, Richard, you're an idiot if you think this didn't have anything to do with money. Financially, Ole Miss was where they needed to be. They were. The, the numbers that you read about publicly for NIL almost exclusively are inflated. Not all of them. There are some unique circumstances. But more times than not, when you read about a player getting a million dollars, just go ahead and subtract 30 or 40% from that, maybe 50%. This was not a financial issue for Ole Miss. There were some other things that they were negotiating and working through and some other issues that they were trying to work through, and it got to the point where it became better for everybody to move on. I don't know what that's going to mean financially for Quinshawn Judkins. He's going to be paid handsomely to play football somewhere next year. Will he get as much as he was going to get at Ole Miss? I would guess no. Maybe I'm wrong on that. You may disagree with that, but I don't think I don't think he'll end up being paid liquid cash as much wherever he ends up as he would have been paid at Ole Miss. Um you got a lot of people telling us about Jackson Dart's Instagram. It's something. He um, he put a Tom Brady like sit down interview answer. Yeah, saying if if you're not about the team, if you're about yourself. It, Anyway, go play for the other team because I'd love to play against you. Something like that. There is a, a, another video circulating, and I, I noticed it while watching the game, and I didn't think anything of it. But but Jackson Dart was animatedly like kind of yelling at Kiffin, not like I'm mad at you yelling or or we're in an argument, but just passionately like pleading his case towards Lane Kiffin. And people are are saying that that was him telling Kiffin to get Judkins off the field, and. If the video is the only thing they're going by uh, on that, there's not enough there. But if that is, in fact, what he was doing, because I noticed that during the game. I just didn't think anything of it. But if that was he was he if that's what he was doing, that is interesting. Yeah. Because that, that has been reported. I just, I, I don't, I mean, Richard, do you know? I don't know if that's what happened. I was not standing on the sideline. So... I didn't hear anything like that with my own ears. People can say and believe what they want to. Oh, here's one. He's going to the Plains for one and a half million. No, he's not. He may go to Auburn, but he's not going to Auburn for one and a half million. Um oh there was a there was a really good text here. Judkins might get replaced with another good back, and there won't be that much of a drop-off. The same applies to other positions, though. Wells, Nolan, Dion, etc. aren't exactly replacing scrubs. That's a good point. That's a good point. 
That defense, but Ole Miss is losing pieces in some of those places that they have to replace. Period. Like they they had to fill spots with those. Um, I'm trying to. What else have we got? Uh, Bentley will produce enough with the same amount of touches. I don't think Bentley is built to carry the ball as much as Quinchon Judkins did. Yeah, there, there's going to be the addition of 270 times. No. Yeah. No. If, if, if Bentley could average 12 carries a game across the entire season, I mean, if he could have somewhere between 120 and 150 carries, then I think that's a pretty good load for him. Is there anything else that has like really popped on the text line that you guys um, da, da, da. so I, I, I'm sorry they they have been coming in fast and furious. We'll get to uh, more on the text line and more with you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Bill Bender from the Sporting News will join us to start the second hour of the show when we come back on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Let's start this second hour of the show on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. One of my favorite college football writers in the country because he is measured He is not prone to hyperbole, and he loves college football. You can follow him on Twitter at BillBender92, BillBender92 on Twitter. Bill from the Sporting News, hello, my friend. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. Thanks for having me on. What a day, Bill, here in uh, in Mississippi. Uh, we spent the entire first hour of the show talking about uh, the announcement earlier today that Quinshawn Judkins is entering the transfer portal. Uh, your reaction to that? I mean, you know, I'm doing those uh, top 25s that everybody does, and, you know, Old Miss would have been a – I think they still are. They're going to be ranked in the top ten. But, I mean, you could start making an argument top five with Judkins based on the portal work that they did. So a little bit of a stunner, for sure. And, you know, a lot of that depends on where he ends up now. Like, how does that change the game for another SEC school? When I'll give you a spoiler alert. I got a lot of SEC teams in this way too early top 25. It'll be interesting to see how they sort that out. Yeah, and and in a year with no divisions coming up and a 12-team playoff, it's uh, it certainly is going to be uh, an interesting season. I, I am curious who else, I mean, Usual suspects, I would assume. Alabama will be there. Georgia will be there. Who else? You got Missouri in the top ten? Possibly. I'm sorting out the ten right now. I'm, like, weighing some decisions, but they're right on that cusp. I think Ole Miss will be in the top ten. I think Texas will be in the top ten. Remember, they are an SEC school now. So uh, that's the other part of this thing that I'm doing. You start to look at the conferences, and you're like, 
well, yeah, all these teams are good, but beat up on each other a little bit. So you kind of start to wonder, okay, who's going to beat who? Um, you know, very interesting uh, thing, trying to put those things together. I, I always get amazed at how wound up people get about it when I write it because I'm like, I, you know, we have no idea yet, but it's for the entertainment value. Although I will say, oh, my God, the, the playoff team's right there. And I had Texas at number 20 last year, and everybody thought it was crazy. Yeah, well, that uh, that turned out to be a, a pretty nice pick. We we were treated, Bill, to two really entertaining semifinal games over the uh, over the weekend. Uh, first with the Rose Bowl that just drew a massive audience with uh, the Alabama and Michigan game. G- give me a takeaway or two that you had from that game. Alabama, Michigan. They they uh they I. All my, you know, I covered the Big Ten, right? So I've never seen Michigan push Alabama around. And they did up front for the first quarter, right? And then Alabama adjusted. And then Michigan, uh, J.J. McCarthy made the big plays. Um, game. It was just such a huge game, huge moment for Michigan because I'm accustomed to watching them. You know, what? Did you ever think what would have happened had, what do you think the reaction would have been had Axel, who picked up that punt at the end, Gets nailed, fumbles it out of the end zone. Michigan loses by two. Could you imagine the social media reaction to that? And and you know, Bill, there were so many plays in the game where if you change the outcome of one play, the outcome of that game could have been different. If JJ McCarthy isn't able to reach up and make a one-handed grab on that backward pass, could have changed the outcome mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, the the fumble you mentioned there. How about the fumble with with Jalen Milrow? If he doesn't. It feels like Alabama's kind of taking control offensively, and then he has that fumble around midfield, and then you get the low snap there in overtime. I mean, th- there were so many plays where if you just flip one of them, the outcome could have been different. That was a riveting football game as a result. Uh, you know, and I, I've, so I, I'm sure you guys have talked about it that last play, the low snap. I've heard so many explanations that could have worked, it should have worked, it was there. Um, Really wasn't there though, because when you had your tackle get pushed into the play and you ran that right at the teeth of Michigan, does that well, and I think that's a big thing and a common thread of a lot of these national championship teams is they're strong up the middle. You know, Clemson used to have Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins. Georgia had Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Michigan, they might not be as well known names down in the SEC, but you know, Mason Graham's a baller. Kenneth Grant can play. Uh, Chris Jenkins will play in the league. All three of those guys will play in the NFL. And uh, you build your defense inside out. That's exactly what Michigan's done. I think they stunned Alabama with their pass rush. And to me, Richard, Alabama wasted a half. Yes. Michigan's pass rush. They couldn't throw the ball down the field, and I think Michigan knew it. Well, and five sacks in the first half, and we were talking about this yesterday. You know, why, why did it take an entire 30 minutes for Alabama to realize that they either needed to leave a running back in the backfield and not go empty or add a tight end or an H-back or something to help and, like, give your quarterback a chance. Yeah, they, they dialed up some good ones. But Taliban's credit, they, they won the third quarter. They had that game, and they were in position to win, and we would have praised Nick Saban, as we always do this time of year. Um made the plays. And I think that comes down to a couple players. J.J. McCarthy, number one, 26-1 um, and one as a starter at Michigan, they, uh, the phrase I've been using all day and all week, really, is they continue to win in everybody's face. Like, 
You know, we thought it was over at Penn State. We thought it was over at Michigan or Ohio State. I, I picked Ohio State. I picked Alabama. I live here, and I picked them. And, and I should know better because this Michigan team is seemingly feeding off all the the hate, the haters. And McCarthy's good. And Blake Corum, I mean, what can you say? A, a leader for that team scores the big winning touchdown in overtime. And they're just a really mature football team on the field. We can make whatever judgment we want off it. On the field, that's a darn good team. There was not nearly as much defensive dominance in the uh, in the nightcap, the second game of the semifinals, but I thought the Sugar Bowl was a really fun watch. Um, we knew going in that Washington had multiple receivers that could make big plays. They did that. Their tight end was important, and then Michael Penix was just spectacular. Yeah, I mean, all of those things are true. It was a fun game. We, I figured that would be the more entertaining of the two games, and it certainly was. Um, you know, these teams got up and down. They scored points. Michael Penix was on a heater. Uh, they almost blew the lead. But one thing with them, uh, you know, they could give Michigan problems. If Penix has time, they, they will. I mean, that with those receivers and the way that they, they make contested catches, that could be a problem for Michigan if they can run the ball on top of it. Dylan Johnson's foot injury, obviously worth watching. Well, that said, I mean, they were one play away from, like, a legendary playoff collapse against yeah, they were. Texas. And uh, that was the wild part to me. And we can say it was fluky because Dylan Johnson got hurt. But, man, running into the punter, giving up a deep pass, I really thought Texas was going to win that game. Had four shots at the end zone there at the end and, and couldn't get it done. So that was actually what I was going to ask you. We, we saw what Michigan's defensive front – did to Alabama's offensive line. And I feel like we are, what, 14 games into the season with the championship game, all that's left to play, and there's still people that are kind of sleeping on this offensive line from Washington that won the Joe Moore, uh, Joe Moore Award this year. Will they be able to protect Michael Penix to the point you raised just a second ago and give him time to try and find those receivers? If not, it will be a blowout. Michigan will blow them out if they can and I, I think, I'll put it this way, I don't think Washington can blow Michigan out, but I think the other one could happen. Um, I think Washington absolutely could win the game. They've played an 8-1 score game. They've won those games. They're mature. Caleb, but their offensive line, I mean, maybe we're undervaluing them a little bit, and I, I probably am, but they couldn't get that running game going against Texas, and Texas had good interior line too. So if they're one-dimensional, they'll be in a little bit of trouble. That said, I've been using a basketball analogy with Michael Penix all day. He was on a he was a volume shooter that was really hot the other night. If he's hot against Michigan, they can win that game. I mean, it's going to be so fun to see this contrast in styles. But I just Richard, you remember back in '14 when they beat Michigan in the Sugar Bowl, or Ohio State beat Alabama, not Michigan. Yeah. I said afterward, and I live in the Central House. I didn't care who they played next. I knew they were going to win. They could have played the Patriots maybe and had a chance, but that's how I feel about Michigan. I think the carryover effect is real. I think they're going to take it, and and I think it'll be close, but but I like the Wolverines. Will that be the last game that Jim Harbaugh coaches for the Maize and Blue? Well, I mean, how many times can he deflect the question? I mean, he's going to get asked that a bunch of times in a bunch of formats this weekend, and he's going to deflect it every single time. Um, I would say I'm leaning toward yes. Just because that extension's been out there, it feels all orchestrated from the standpoint of Michigan can say, hey, he did everything he could for the program. We did everything we could try to do to 
keep him, and yet the parachute to Chargers of the Raiders is there. I mean, especially if he wins it. And then whatever punishment comes from the NCAA is going to come, and I don't know how severe that will be. I mean, this is just – I think I've made the joke on your show a few times. This is trying to figure out um, the difference between the unpredictability of the NCAA and the unpredictability of Jim Harbaugh. It's like two wrongs make a right almost. That's – that's something. Uh, maybe they have to. Maybe they win it all and then have to vacate it. But guess what? We will have all seen it with our eyes. And uh, the the only person that gets punished is the guy that has to rewrite the media guide. Bill, always appreciate your insight. Thanks so much for your time. We'll catch up with you soon. Hey, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care, man. You as well, Bill Bender from the Sporting News at Bill Bender ninety two. He is one of the good guys that covers college football. We're back with you right after this. It's sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Bill, just a second ago on the Farm Bureau guest line. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi, the Pearl River Resort Studio, Pearl River Resort, the home of Geyser Falls Water Park. Brian Haydad going to be making an appearance there this weekend. They've opened it especially just for him. He loves cold water. No, I'm kidding. The Polar Bear Club. Yes, the Polar Bear Club at Geyser Falls. Uh, no, it'll be warm before you know it, and uh, they'll have Geyser Falls Water Park up and rolling it's just, uh, there's a ton of stuff, ton of stuff at Pearl River Resort. And you can read more about all of it online at PearlRiverResort.com. C Spire text line 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. C Spire, customer inspired. Hey, Dad, any uh, any credence to the rumor that uh, Mississippi State may try to get in the Quinshawn Judkins sweepstakes? <laughs> I won't lie. I texted Charlie Winfield earlier today. I was like, what do we got left in the bank? Give it to him. It's worth it just to sting him. I have to know what his response was. He, he just said about like an LOL or something. He, he ghosted you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more. Uh, he didn't ghost me, but he, at the same time, he's just like, that's not going to happen. No. No, it's not going to happen. Um so they could use I was just back making though, a joke, that, by the uh, way. Please, please don't take that seriously if you're listening. I, I was not serious there. I was just just having a little bit of fun. They could use a running back, you know. It's worth reaching yeah. out, I guess. Yeah. There you go. Everybody else is going to already has. Yeah. Well, might as well, you know. What would you guess? Where would you guess his landing spot is? It just makes sense for it. I mean, Auburn just makes a ton of sense, right? Hugh Freeze needs a win. And that would be a big that's a perception win for Freeze. But it's also you, you get a talented, talented football player and, and that, that can give your offense a big boost. And he's still not a quarterback. They still need that at Auburn, but you know, that's a good win. Do you know how Hugh Freeze that move would be to overspend to get a running back just to stick it to somebody? 
Very Hugh Freeze. That, that, that Very is, Hugh he, Freeze. He, would, he would think he was sticking it to somebody. Whether, whether he was in actuality or not, um, eh. I'm going to go out on a win. You know what? Never mind. Never mind. I know. I, I, I put it on a tee. But thank I had, you it's a good one, thank too. You. It's yeah, a really good one. Gosh, it's so good. Um, <sighs> I'm just going to go with two programs that have been wildly active in the transfer portal over the last couple of years. And we're just guessing here. That's all this is is a guess. Florida State. That's a good one. Missouri? He's from... It, in Alabama, where where he's from is closer. It's they're closer, pretty close to Tallahassee, right? As close as you can be in Alabama, I guess. Well, he's from Montgomery. That's really close to Auburn. Is he from Montgomery? Okay, then you go. Yeah, I mean that's make me an angel. Great song. Yeah, I mean one of the best. Very very close. Uh, there's people who throw Colorado out there as a possibility. Boy, that would be a stupid decision. Who are we to judge other people's decisions hey, as to whether or not they're smart or stupid? Hey, w- hold That's on. True. We can acknowledge that the decision is his and his alone to make and understand the process. Going from Lane Kiffin in that offense to Colorado in that offense would be a stupid decision. That would be dumb. Hmm. I think we get an Auburn fan on the uh, text line. No, Auburn does not need to spend any money on a running back at all. There's 15 other positions they need to spend money on more. The ones they have are plenty good. Hugh buying a running back and not a quarterback would be a head-scratcher. Brother, that is not a head-scratcher if you know Hugh Freeze. That is very much hammer, meat, nail, on the nose, exactly what you you should expect. I, I... this was a long time ago. The statute of limitations is up. But I, I know somebody that uh, works for a different staff now, but uh, worked on the Ole Miss staff and heard in a meeting, I don't care if it takes 10 quarterbacks. I want to sign the number one recruiting class in the country. Th- that, that is just so unsurprising. If that is what, if Auburn spent, overspent NIL with positions of desperate need to get a running back. That would be exactly what you should expect. Florida State's an interesting one because they've replaced Travis with with DJU. Now they got to replace Trey Benson. It feels like it slide right in. One plus one there for sure. Yeah. That would be. It definitely and, equals two. Yeah. Clearly, that is a place that has been very organized and very active in terms of the um, the NIL landscape space. And, you, you know, yeah. and there's been that debate of, well, you can't win games with portal teams. And I know what Florida State did in the bowl game, but Florida State did go 13-0 and and win their conference heavily using the transfer portal. So TCU last year, Florida State this year, there is a path to where you can do it and make it work. Now you've got to kind of like reset your, your team and build a culture every year. But Florida State has gotten where they've gotten, not by just recruiting high school kids. They've done it a little bit differently as well to try to level the playing field, and it worked for them. Again, I know they got beat in the Orange Bowl the way they did, but they went 13-0. That did happen. Somebody says, I say Q ends up at USC. He would fit in with the bright lights of Hollywood. They got Woody Marks. They don't need an back. 
Mm. Is that where he's going? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Signed with them a few weeks. He signed while you were out on vacation, I think. Uh, there it is. Yeah, I think Lincoln Riley was right, by the way, that uh, his quarterback's performance in the bowl game scared other quarterbacks away. I think he was exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Because there are guys that uh, – Spencer Sanders is going to be a case study. If you're recruiting a, a portal quarterback and you're recruiting up against a school that has a, a starter, people are going to use Spencer Sanders. And whether or not they have the nuances of the situation correct doesn't matter. But he's going to be an example that coaches are going to use against schools. Wait a minute. Hold on. You are, you're going to go to USC? Do you see how that kid played in the bowl game? You're going to end up just like that kid that started Oklahoma State, went to Ole Miss, and didn't win the job. People are going to use that. Brandon says, just FYI, you guys got me thinking, then looking. It's 10 minutes closer from Montgomery to Tallahassee than it is from Montgomery to Oxford. How about that? That makes sense, though. Yeah. It's almost all interstate, right? You just take 65 down and get on 10. I don't know. I think that would be one to uh, one to watch. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'd say Miami should be one to watch just because Miami's always on high-profile guys, at least for a minute anyway. And Miami, for all the issues that they've had with, I don't know, winning games, they have recruited yeah, well. Talent acquisition has not been, been an issue yeah. for them. Yeah, you're right. No. All right, so we've gotten a bunch of questions throughout the show about, hey, is it true? Are, are the attitude issues or the locker room issues? Look, the, the truth is none of the three of us were in the locker room. We weren't on the team. We're not part of the coaching staff. We're not around the, the program. I was in the Ole Miss locker room. On a daily basis. And, and so for us to speak definitively about what did or didn't happen in terms of that relationship and what teammates thought of Quinshawn Judkins or what Judkins thought of his teammates. I don't know. I feel like that would be a little irresponsible. I have talked to people who do fall into those categories that have said there were issues. How deep they were? Were they able to set those aside on game day and, you know, just go out and play and produce? I mean, the evidence points to the fact that they were. Quinchon Judkins had a much better second half of the season than he did first half of the season. He was very, very good at the end of the year. He had, I mean, I know it was three and a half yards of carry on 30 something carries, but. He went for over 100 yards in the Peach Bowl. He was instrumental in Ole Miss's win over Mississippi State. He was he was good in the second half of the season and was really important to Ole Miss's success. So maybe on game day they were able to set those things aside. That wouldn't be the first time that teams were able to set no, stuff like that all. aside and play. Not at all. You see it in the NFL all the time. You see it in college, too. I will say this, though. There are a lot of people in and around the Ole Miss program who have pointed to Saturday at the Peach Bowl kind of being a tipping point in terms of 
those relationships. Believe it, don't believe it, that's completely up to you. Just telling you what I've heard from people that are pretty close to the team. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll pick it up right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Doesn't get any better than this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Glad to have you along for the ride. Get a message on the ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. I'll read my response just so, you know, we don't just have to opine about it. Heard from my lawyer friend in Starkville who has a bunch of Ole Miss friends that are lawyers that Ole Miss borrowed money for NIL. They are about six million short. Unbelievable. This guy's a big time Mississippi State alum and a uh, prominent lawyer in Starkville. I mean, your buddy's dead on, except for the fact that it's closer to $8 million. And here's the big issue. It's a balloon note, like a six-month balloon note, and if the bank is not willing to do a refinance at the end of that term, (laughs) I mean, it could be catastrophic. Like the whole thing could come crashing down. So, great information. Appreciate you sharing that with us. <laughs> oh, you got man. you got information like that? You can hit us up with it as well. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. I, I, What's wrong, Hey Dev? No. Genuine genuine question for this guy. No. True no, true no, honest no, no, question. No, 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 no. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let's go with it. I, don't ask the genuine question. But I want to. No, 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 nothing I genuine. I want to, Richard, no, because... nothing genuine. No. Nothing genuine on this show. I, I want to ask this texter. Please respond. You text us a lot, and we appreciate you. You're a, a good listener, and, and we're glad to have you. So I, I, I'm going to sound condescending. I don't mean to. Just walk with me on this one. You heard that Old Miss took out $6 million in loans to pay college football players. That's what you heard. You're texting us, so presumably you have a phone that you're able to use. I would assume that you can vote and you hold a job and you drive a car. I think your brain functions if you're sending us text messages into this show. (laughs) What funny when you have to explain the jokes. I'm not making a joke. I'm asking him a genuine question. Who, what entity, what business would give a $6 million loan to a collective that's business model is to take donations and give those donations to college athletes and what would they put up as collateral what bank not all what, banks have to have collateral no but you do uncollateralized loans all the time what bank what entity what business would give six million dollars to the Grove Collective whose business model is take people's money and give it to football players 
ceasefire tax line, retired banker. No way in heck a bank makes that long. Of I don't course know. not. I don't know, man. I've heard they did. <laughs> but but that, Richard, too many otherwise now, now intelligent they, people. They did inflate the interest rate to try and kind of help them in the short term. But, but, but too many 69%. people with functioning brains read that and don't stop to think, okay, yeah. I know I hate Ole Miss. And I want I want the rebels to fail, but does this make sense? Not enough people stop and think, does this make sense? And it, it gets repeated over and over and over again, and it gets perpetuated by people that have platforms too, over and over we, and over we've again. Done two it, hours, we've done an hour and a half of an all American running back was just nudged out the door because we didn't like his attitude. But we're going to talk about what doesn't make sense. Yes, people talk about stuff all the time that doesn't make sense, and they let their rivalries control their thought process on it. I I think attitude problems are far more believable than a bank gave a $6 million loan to pay college football players. They just did a reverse mortgage and just I, I see them on TV all the time. Just just stop and the think Lyceum, about they uh, they reverse mortgaged it. Stop and think about stuff like that. Anyway, I just I, I see that everywhere. My neighbor, who I, I talk to almost every day, I see him every day, and we talk Mississippi State sports every day. He's asked me about it three times now because he keeps seeing people bring it up. He's like, "Man, I know it's not true, but people keep talking most, about it." Yeah, but but Morky, look, most of it's in NFTs. So, sometimes we just need to tell the truth. I, I, I'm telling you, I know the people who are involved in this co- the Grove Collective. I know the people who are raising the money. I know a lot of the donors. And it's it's not nearly as good as it's been made out to be, but look, man, money's money's cheap. You can borrow it as long as you know, as long as some donations keep coming in to to you know do the interest, so they can push it down the road a little bit. It'll be okay. But I mean, if the bank decides to call this note, and they're not willing to refinance it, then this whole thing could come crashing down. Really could. Have they considered like going to check into cash or something? Tower loan, one of those places. Those and, rates are too high, man. You know, you think all the trucks you financed, you could just get a get a, get a title loan and keep this thing going. Well, I don't have the title. The bank is actually holding the title. That's ah, I, I, never mind, never mind. See, and it's we've got this texture comparing it to churches getting loans for for big projects and stuff. Is a church that's only Auburn? It, it only works for Auburn. Is a church an entity that takes money from people and gives it to college football players? Is that what a church is? I mean, they give it to they give it to people. It could be college football players. Well, I mean, yeah, there do. there are examples of there are examples of certain yeah. people in religious institutions. I remember a church giving a, a, getting, giving a player like once. I remember a church one time gave this player money. The church got money from the university and. They gave it to a player, and oh. Reverend Newton, I believe, oh, was man. his name. Growing up, so there's a there's a from big... the university. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know where they got it from. There, there's a, a series of mega churches in South Carolina called New Spring, and the the head of New Spring was a big Clemson fan. And buddy, the Clemson fans growing up, anytime they'd get a good recruit or win a game, all you would have to say is, "Hey, thank New Spring for that," and it would make them so. Mad. It was the it was the most low hanging fruit, like Paul Feinbaum level low hanging fruit. 
All you had to say was New Spring. I still text my buddies to this day. If Clemson gets a big commit, oh man, New Spring coming through again. And it drives them insane. Like 15, 20 years later, they still can't handle it. Some of some of you are <laughs> some of you get it. Said it was, some, some of you don't. Said, some of you said it was leftover PPP money. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, that's so uh, good. Oh me. They just they got it, they got in early on Dogecoin and uh it's been riding the wave ever since. Um, I think a, a serious question here: Would Ole Miss not have gotten enough money from winning the Peach Bowl and getting money from the SEC to pay that loan? Well, maybe, maybe. But some of that money goes to the conference. So I mean, I I don't know if Richard, you're really I don't know if there would be enough. There God, the Facebook groups are going to be all over oh us, man. They're like they were saying on Sports Talk. <laughs> That was my favorite. Uh, we got a, a message a second ago that said, Richard, this, quote, joke will be shared 10,000 times on Facebook by 7 o'clock. I tonight. think we got a winner. Text of the day. Oh, what you got? That's it. Oh, that's the one? Or put cross one yeah. up for collateral. That could be it, too. So you may have to give up the yacht for this one, Richard. Hey, wait a minute. Wait, di- didn't Kiffin sell his house in Boca? D- there it is. He sold his Boca house, and that's what they're using as collateral. Or that's what they used. The original, players. the original texter has rejoined the conversation. He goes, so basically you're saying the lawyer in Starkville is misinformed? I, I didn't say that. I mean, Borky tried to make a thing about it. Um, but oh, I, no, I did not say that at all. <laughs> I did not cross say that. OnlyFans account coming soon. You got to pay these bills somehow. Yes, I did. The lawyer, it, it yes, that they don't have six million dollars in loans out Ooh, to pay oh, players. Hey. hey, if a lawyer's listening, that was Michael Borky that said that. I want to make sure Richard Cross yes, and I sue me. We're not going to be sw- don't bring us into court. We never said anything like that. James in Hattiesburg, I just heard they defaulted on the loan and all the games will be during the afternoon next year because they won't afford uh, be able to afford lights, electricity. There you go. Turn all games on SEC fast. Network Plus, too. Can't afford to have the, uh, you know, can't take any TV money now. Bobby in Batesville says they are training Juice to snatch a money bag off of a Brinks truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new winner. New winner for text of the day. We were we were premature. That's our new winner. Oh, uh, welcome to Oxford, home of First National Bank of Ole Miss. <laughs> A friend texted me and said the Saudis did it. <laughs> Paul in Cleveland, Ole Miss has decided to start selling some of the marijuana from their research center on campus for more NIL money. <laughs> Dude, make, make make a ton doing that. Oh me, NIL gummies. NIL CBD. There we go. Mm. Oh. I'm telling you, selling decanters is the way to go. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Got to find some money for a running back. We're back uh, after this in the Pearl River Resort studio. Sports Talk. 
Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, my God. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Sports Talk brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. M-TradePark.com. We are about three and a half weeks, maybe four weeks away from baseball tournaments getting underway at M-Trade Park, youth baseball tournaments. And uh, if you're a parent of a youth baseballer, you'll be hitting the road every weekend here before long. Might as well go to a, uh, a park that's uh, got great amenities, close to uh, town, easy to get to. You get all the dining and entertainment options in Oxford at the uh, great facility that is M-Trade Park. Be sure to check out the full schedule of events from uh, for the upcoming spring, mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. They recently installed these buckets that when you're walking into the facility, you, you can drop money into them so they can help pay back the Ole Miss NIL loan. It's not true. One one dollar at a time. <laughs> a percentage of all registration fees will go to help. Uh, <laughs> so right. we have not talked about the the biggest story in sports today, though. I can't believe we missed it. And then that is that after two thousand six hundred and twenty seven shots, Jersey Jerry finally drained the hole in one. A magical moment when you if you've watched that happen. Incredible. Did you check in over it? Did you happen to like wake up to go to the restroom th- at three in the morning and pull up the feed? Just no, to see I didn't do that. Going? No, I didn't do that. But I mean, I did wake up at three in the morning to go to the restroom, but I didn't go check on the uh, on mm-hmm. the feed. So, yeah. and thankfully, it happened right in the middle of Brandon Walker's podcast, so I'll be able to to see that reaction. Well, all right. Yeah, that was um, twenty six. He did sleep. They like an air mattress in the simulator yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like the yeah. Truman Show, people were yeah. just watching him sleep. I mean, the the nominees for tweet of the day, or or, or text of the day, are uh, are continuing. Gibb and uh, Greenwood, Salvation Rebel Army. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That is uh, pretty good. So if once the loan defaults, all the players will be repossessed. <laughs> I no. hey dad. I, Finish, I mean, Matt. like, how old hey, do you think hey. I am? Hey, I, both of you two have slipped before. I'm just here to make sure we're okay. And you ruined the funny text. I, ruined it. It was not, it was not going to be funny if you had said what the rest of that you text ruined said. it. It was not going to be funny. I, you were the one who just spent the entire segment explaining a joke. Don't yeah, because, don't get on to me. Because people think it's real. They think it's real. That's what makes it funny. I'm just saying. Yeah, but, I mean, here's here's the problem, though. When something like that doesn't get interpreted right, guess who has to hear about it? Not you two. Me. I get the angry emails. I, I, I have to deal with all that. 
You guys, for whatever send reason, all your are angry emails to heydad at supertalk.fm, but expect replies. Hey, hey, Dad gets angry tweets, but when I it's do. when it's like stuff like this, I, I gets hear actual about letters. It. He's just old fashioned. He gets he gets it in the mail. Dear Only sir, one. that that Ooh. did happen once. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> I had to hand it off to the FBI. Yeah. Which like, I remember what, that, yeah. Which was not a uh, overreaction to the no, no, letter. No, that, that was the, the appropriate that reaction. Was the appropriate. <laughs> well, you did the you did the right thing there, yeah. Yeah, I I have a friend who is uh, part of the bureau, and I was like, hey, do you, do you think you might want a copy of this? He's like, if we could get the original, that would be better. <laughs> you got it, buddy. You got. Anything it. ever happened with that guy? Oh, um, they get him. I, not that I was made aware of. I'm sure there's other crimes that have been committed since then that got him. Yeah, he's not a free man right now. There's no (laughs) way that that was that was just the tip of the iceberg. There, we will uh, we will start the five o'clock hour with the college football fix, which is driven by Ford. That's coming up in just a few minutes, Uh, and we're actually going to switch gears a little bit. And uh, and get to some Mississippi State news. After uh, we need to look at Mississippi State's recruiting class, and with the addition of Stonka Burnside yesterday at the wide receiver position, what what was Mississippi State staff trying to accomplish? What did they accomplish? How successful were they? What's left? What's happening on the portal front? We'll we'll dive into that for the uh, college football fix coming up in just a few minutes. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We've got an hour left with you. More coming up right after this. Don't forget, you can hit us up on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour with you on this Thursday. Thanks for being with us. Week number one of 2024. I hope all the weeks are like this. Great content for a sports talk radio show. We would not complain. Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. It was sunny today. Could have played. Had to bundle up a little bit. Not for the faint of heart, but the uh, warm days are just around the corner. Plenty of time for you to get ready to get out on the golf course. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. 
part of Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, which is part of Pearl River Resort. You can visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com, dancingrabbitgolf.com. C Spire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Check them out. Connect and protect. It's the, uh, the device that your kids want with the peace of mind that you need. Parental controls, a lot of help that you get from C, excuse me, C Spire and uh, the team they've got there. Learn more online at cspire.com. C Spire, customer inspired. Still a little college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Check out their website, buyfordnow.com. You can see about the savings and the offers that are available for you in your area. We'll stop there, though. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Get behind the wheel of the Ford F-150. That's selling trucks in America. Built Ford Tough. All right, hey, Dan. So let's talk Mississippi State recruiting. Signing class. Yesterday was big. They get the official public commitment from Stonka Burnside, the Under Armour All-America game. think that um, they had known that that was coming, and everybody knows now that that is uh, part. Uh, Mississippi State needed to reload at the wide receiver position, and they have done that. Yeah, I mean, they needed uh, not just the wide receiver position. They need playmakers. You know, be it at running back, be it at receiver, be it at quarterback, whatever. You know, this offense last year to say it was it was bad is is understating it by a lot, lot, lot. I mean, it was it was horrific. Um, they averaged twenty one points per game, and they had that stretch in the middle of the season when Rodgers was hurt, when they scored seven, thirteen, three, and I mean they technically scored ten against Texas A and M, but that was on a kickoff return was the uh, the the touchdown. So. They had they have to get a lot of players, and so Burnside, Craver, the the other kid who was at the All American game yesterday with him, uh, JJ Harrell from North Panola. These are guys who are going to have opportunities day one if they come in and 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 you know practice and and have the right mentality to to be contributors right off the bat uh, for Mississippi State. You know we talked yesterday about Ole Miss and Mississippi State and how you know can can state model itself after Kiffin's year one. Well, Kiffin had Elijah Moore, and maybe we didn't know who Elijah Moore was at that point. We certainly didn't know he was going to have the kind of season he had. But I would tell you that, you know, looking at State's current receiving core, there's not a player there that reminds me of Elijah Moore. So they have to bring in some guys like that. They've brought in the freshman. They've brought in the receiver from UTEP, Kelly Akari, uh, to have an opportunity to play there. And they're, they're still continuing that with the, the receiver they had on campus. I think he's still on campus, uh, Kevin Coleman. Uh, from Louisville, they're trying to continue to upgrade the position there. If you want to score points, if you want to have this this explosive offense that Jeff Levy's known for, you got to have players. So I, I don't think their 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 efforts are done on the offensive side of the ball, uh, at least as far as the transfer portal goes. So the high school class is done, or basically done at this point. I, I, unless something crops up like last year with Jonathan Davis, which of course is kind of funny, he's in the portal now, but. Uh, unless that happens, yeah, they're probably done with high school. So it's, it's all about the portal. Uh, they're bringing in, I think, uh, close to 15 players this weekend, uh, a bunch of defensive guys. <laughs> Excuse me. 
um, but a few offensive guys as well. Uh, they're still working very hard to try to, to get the commitment from Dante Dowdle, the running back who's transferring from Oregon, originally from Picayune, uh, that a lot of people, kind of myself and Robbie Falk uh, included, predicted how that was going to go, that he'd go to Oregon, spend a year there, and then hit the portal, and then you were hoping that you'd done enough good coming in second with him that he would come back. He visited State a couple weekends ago. Uh, but is still taking visits at this time. So we'll see how that, that turns out for Mississippi State. They they need to get another running back because it doesn't look like they're going to get Daniel Hill. Um, and then, uh, like I said, a couple of receivers coming in, offensive linemen still coming in. Uh, and then, you know, I think State might look in the after the spring window for another quarterback, not, not, not in terms of finding a starter, but just trying to find another guy, another guy to bring into that room. Because right now you have Shapin, you have Parson, and then you have um, – Van Buren coming in, the true freshman. But that's all you've got on scholarship right now. So they, they could go for another guy there. But defense is definitely the focus right now for Mississippi State. They're bringing in linebackers, defensive linemen, corners, safeties. They got they got playing time to offer. They got spots spots on the two deep to offer up. And so we'll see how many people they can bring in. I feel like this is a question that doesn't have a singular answer. I mean, I was going to say, of those position groups on the defensive side, what's most important? Is it replacing Bookie Watson and Jet Johnson at linebacker, or is it filling holes on the defensive line, or is it the back end of the defense, or is the answer simply all of the above? Yes. The answer is yes. I think the most important position, what where State was lacking last year was pass rush. I mean, Bookie led the team in sacks from an inside linebacker position. He led the SEC in sacks. Yeah. They didn't have any pass rush from the outside, and now they're moving to more of a 3-4 kind of defense. Or maybe a four-two-five, but regardless, they got to have guys who can get after the quarterback. And so far, they haven't really brought any of those kind of guys in. And those are guys that, as you know, they command a premium. You know, probably right after quarterbacks in terms of NIL deals. You know, so State hasn't had any of those guys come onto campus yet. They need to find somebody like that that they that they can trust to rush the passer. They need another cornerback. Uh, they they need they probably need a safety. They probably need a couple of defensive linemen. Linebacker, you know, this weekend, Stone Blanton, the transfer from South Carolina, the former MRA uh, product, is on campus. Everybody believes he'll commit to Mississippi State at the end of that visit. Uh, so that that's one spot filled. Uh, you need to find somebody else, though. You got to, like you said, you got to find somebody. I believe that's going to be football only. I don't think he's going to continue his baseball career. Um, and so, yeah, which, which I mean, he had not State done in South has, Carolina, right? It was football only in not. South Carolina. Yeah, correct, correct. So. They they just have spots to fill. They have a lot of guys, and and they 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 need. I, I fully expect them to sign another ten, twelve, thirteen guys in this this next few weeks. It's a lot of work to be done. A lot of lot of work to be done when a lot of teams are trying to do the exact same thing at the exact same time. Yeah, do you overall. Yeah, it is, and. The, do you give Jeff Levy and his staff overall pretty good marks for for what they've done on the recruiting front in a relatively short period of time? When we think about where that class was when Levy took over, you know, and Stonka had decommitted back in, in early November, and I mean, it, let's just let's just be honest, you know, prior to the hiring of Jeff Levy, Stonka Burnside was going to all this. That that was happening, and Levy was able to turn the tide in that recruitment. He's able to to keep Mario Craver interested and then get him committed. Get it, flipping Michael Van Buren from from Oregon. I mean, if you watch that game yesterday, I know it's a high school all star game. You can't take too much away from it. But he looked really good. He looks like a a, a very exciting athlete. 
Um, and and even one battle I think they're going to lose, Richard, Daniel Hill, he wouldn't even come to campus for camp. I mean, never mind a visit. You couldn't get him to come up here just to do a camp. He had zero interest in Mississippi State prior to Jeff Levy. Levy got to the point where you had national recruiting guys saying, I think Mississippi State's going to get him. And it doesn't look like it's going to end up that way, but sort of go back with what I said with Dowdell. If it doesn't work out for Hill at Alabama, we might be revisiting this conversation next year or the year after that, and you hope that those relationships have have, have held up. I don't want to, I don't want you to violate anything that's personal here, but I'm asking you this because I know he's somebody that you have a relationship as well. You, you were super fired up with Chad Bumpus, came back and, and joined Mississippi State's coaching staff, and you thought that mm-hmm. that, that was – a great decision for Mississippi State. It has paid dividends from mm-hmm. a recruiting standpoint. What are his career yeah. aspirations? Do, do you know? And, and, and what good, I'm asking is, he has recruited really well, and, and and that's one of the things that that people look for. Is it to be a defensive coordinator and to continue to advance? I'm sorry, an offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm certain. You know, I know Chad pretty well, and I, I would tend to think that he's a pretty driven guy. Um, so he'd like to be a head coach at some point. And I think everybody gets into coaching with the thought of being a head coach one day. So I don't know what, how that path works for him at Mississippi State. He's still so young, though. I mean, it's time like he's in his early 30s. Yeah. Um, you know, so you have to go to a small school and be an offensive coordinator there, and then you know, come. Back. I don't know how that how that works out for him. So, but I'm certainly I'm certain that he has those kind of aspirations. Yeah, and, and obviously I ask because he is extremely valuable or appears to be to what Mississippi State is doing, previous staff and current staff as well. And I'm just curious if that's a guy that I think the Bulldogs can hang on to. That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We're back right after this. Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. time when a take from a national media person can turn into a news cycle or multiple news cycles and everybody needs to weigh in so so who would be we be if we didn't weigh in on whether or not the national championship game should be played permanently at the Rose Bowl or Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena I will say that there's one thing to me that's amusing about this conversation. And that is the short memories of the um, the, the people who come with some of these uh, takes from time to time. Who were the two primary ones, Borky? It was Joel Klatt and, and Kirk uh, Herbstreit. The Rose Bowl bears almost as much responsibility as the alliance of very, very, very good friends 
for us not having a 12-team playoff this year. They had to be basically told, we're doing this with or without you, it's your call, before they finally got on board and were like, yeah, okay, sure, we want to be part of the 12-team playoff. And now we're advocating that that entity, that place, should be the permanent home of our favorite sports national championship every single year. My only mixed emotion about this, it's a beautiful setting, and the weather always seems to be good for that game. But the stadium itself is archaic. And so the only mixed emotion that I have is I still think the Southern Cal-Texas National Championship game that featured Vince Young and Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and those two really, really good football teams is like the best national championship game ever. But that was a night game. I didn't know you could actually play a game at the Rose Bowl without a sunset, but they did. And they actually were able to finish it. I don't know, man. I, I'd say, why, why, is, why is this the hill that Kirk Herbstreet and Joel Klatt and some of the goofballs that the Athletic have chosen to die on? And now Canal, which, yeah, whatever, uh, he's weighing in on, on that debate as well. I'd, uh, maybe well, he's on the other side of it. Right. So people are talking about it. But if you're Kirk Herbstreet, this is what's weird to me about Kirk Herbstreet having this idea is whether or not you like him, love him, hate him, somewhere in between, I know people have their opinions on him, he's kind of been the preeminent voice of college football on the worldwide leader of sports. He's been that guy. Sadly, it's becoming more and more like Feinbaum's the guy now, which is a bad decision from ESPN, but either way, he's been the measured, knowledgeable voice of college football in a lot of aspects. And for him to think that it would be good for the sport to host its national championship game, not only just in the region of the country that cares about college football the least, but when you say that the Rose Bowl should host it permanently, that means that never again will the Sugar Bowl crown the national champion in college football. I mean, you've got iconic, great Rose Bowls. Of course you do, but don't you have the exact same thing in the Sugar Bowl? The college football history that permeates through the city of New Orleans and in the Superdome? And I know they didn't always play the Sugar Bowl in the Superdome, but still. You think that that place shouldn't crown a champion? You think the home of the College Football Hall of Fame shouldn't take part in crowning the champion? That's what's lost on me is... What benefit does college football receive from having it there always? Because you're taking away iconic cities or venues or games from crowning the sports champion. You would then uh, eliminate the possibility of having it in Nashville. I know there's no college football history in Nashville, but they're about to build build a multi-billion dollar stadium in that great city. You really don't want that to be part of crowning your college football national champion because there won't be a sunset inside of a dome? It's just bizarre. And on top of that, because nobody cares about the fans anymore, how many? what region of the country do the national championship participants usually come from? The Southeast and the Midwest. You know how hard it is for people in the Southeast to get to Pasadena, California? So all of it's just bad. As a rotation, absolutely. 
and a singularly located championship event in team sports, it's only college baseball. Yeah. That's it. I will say I'm I'm in favor of doing this with the Super Bowl though. The Super Bowl should be with like three cities. New Orleans, Miami, Vegas. That's it. You don't want to go back to Minneapolis don't want a cold, for the Super Bowl? I don't want a cold weather Super Bowl. No, I don't. If we're going to have a cold weather Super Bowl, it needs to be at Soldier Field. All right, I want it real cold weather. Let's go. I, I no, this is dumb. Me, this is dumb. And, I, listen and, to this text message that a buddy of mine sent me just a second ago. Hey, Dad, you're going to love this. He said, Herb Street just went to church camp, and he came home super fired up. Give him two weeks, and he'll be off the mountain. <laughs> oh, God. I nearly I nearly spit right there on the camera. That's funny. <laughs> Whoever your friend is, that, that was funny. I laughed. Um, but and Borky says the Sugar Bowl, and I totally agree. But like, there's great history at the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I mean, a lot of national champions crown there. Great at the Cotton Bowl. A lot of, I mean, I, I get it. I like the Rose Bowl, but it's cool. But no, no, we can't. This is not what's going to be happening. No, it, I. We have a texture say, so "Why are we debating something that's never going to happen?" And I get we do that all the time. We 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 deal in hypotheticals on this show quite often. But this is one that. It feels very prisoner of the moment that we had a great game at a great stadium. But next year's college football playoff game at the Rose Bowl will probably be just as good. And maybe it won't be for the national title. This one wasn't. But it'll be just as good. But so will the ones at the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. The last two college football playoff semifinal games that have happened at the Rose Bowl have been two of the best college right. football semifinals that we've seen. The the Georgia Oklahoma game and, and then the Alabama but, Michigan game this past weekend. But you know what? But the stadium didn't have anything to do teams. with it. Teams it had nothing to do with the yeah. stadiums. If you had played we that could, game in Dallas, we could have played those over at a could have played those at Farrell Stadium over there on Grove Street in Vicksburg where I played. It's been the same situation, just a smaller crowd, but the game would have been great. Hey, hot hot take for you. They don't have the mountains, mm. they don't have the sunset, same general area. The Coliseum, with the renovations they've done to it, is actually a better option if you were going to play the national championship yeah. in the greater Los Angeles area. And then SoFi yeah. Stadium is actually probably a better option than both of those, assuming it doesn't rain, yeah. which was right. weird last year for the championship game. Can be a problem, yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. I got no problem moving the national championship game around. And you know, you know why it's never going to happen in Pasadena more than anything else? Pasadena and the Rose Bowl are not going to bid what it takes to host that event. Th- those cities are bidding for the opportunity to host that game. That's why it's in Houston this year. There are a lot of people that don't like that stadium. I-, I don't think that's a bad stadium, but a lot of people don't like it. I- it's, you know, it's fine. Texans fans seem to not like it. They have a really fun team, and they just don't show up. It's weird. Um, Chase and Columbus says rotate the title game. I agree. Yeah, I mean, played in Dallas, played in Atlanta, played in New Orleans, played in Miami, played in Southern California. But if you play it in Southern California, it's not going to be at the Rose Bowl. It's going to be like it was last year at SoFi. You want to take it to Vegas? Go for it. Yeah, got to really pay attention to curfew with your players, though. Yeah, you do. You got to stay out in Reno or something. Bus in on game day. The team hotel's going to be right there off the strip, and I don't know if you want that. Yeah, I guess. We did get a question. 
I love Omaha, but why can't that same rule apply to the College World Series? I can't answer that. I've never been to Omaha, but well, are you gonna? It's awesome, but who has a stadium but... that's just available for two and a half weeks or whatever it is, though? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that with planning. I mean, Major League Baseball teams all the time have extended road trips, but there's so much of college baseball that is wrapped around the road too. And I mean, I guess you could could change that if you wanted to. I'm not against that. I mean, look, I I was the one that came back from the uh, the sale barn in Arlington, as Borky likes to call it, a couple of years ago. Globe Life, and was like, man, College World Series there would be awesome. Easier to get in and out of for people that are traveling. DFW major hub airport, big stadium, great stadium. Never have delays because of rain or thunderstorms or anything else because you get the retractable roof. But could you imagine the College World Series at, at Wrigley Field or Fenway Park? That'd be really cool. Oh, man, that would be so who, cool. Who, who are we kidding? That'd be really cool. Yeah. Imagine state fans going to Chicago to watch Mississippi State play Texas in the College World Series at Wrigley Field. It'd be pretty neat. Yeah, it would. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will be back with you half an hour left right after this. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com or at men's clothing stores across the Magnolia State, including Harry Meyer, Clothier in Meridian, Landry's on the Square in Oxford, S.F. Aldman in Gulfport, Smith & Company in Greenwood, Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia, and the Country Gentleman in Greenville. There are many more places that you can find Genteel. Go to their website, genteelapparel.com, and find a retail establishment near you that carries Genteel. Of course, when you order online, you can get 10% off just by entering your email and get free shipping on orders of $150 or more. We love Genteel. If you've tried it, you probably love Genteel as well. If you haven't tried it, our bet is that you will love it when you do. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. So the big story today, and what we spent the first hour or so of on the uh, the show today, was uh, Quinshawn Judkins entering the transfer portal. He had an incredible two years at uh, at Ole Miss before announcing today that he was looking elsewhere. His um, uh, his his graphic on Twitter said. I have loved my time here at Ole Miss, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to grow as a football player and person within the program. To the fans, I want to say thank you for welcoming me and my family and for all the love and support. To my brothers, who will forever be a part of my family, I am forever thankful for the relationships we've built while I've been here to Coach Kiffin, Coach Smith, and the entire coaching staff. Thank you all for believing in me and developing me into a better football player. After long talks with my family and hard prayers, I have decided to enter the transfer portal. This decision to enter the transfer portal was not made lightly. 
but I believe it is the best decision for my personal and athletic growth. I hope you understand and respect my choice. Love you all and wish nothing but success. To his credit, in that statement, it did not say, that being said. <laughs> so, there, I mean, there's that. We, we are growing as a we society. Are. That being said was not part of Quinshawn Judkins' announcement that he was headed into the transfer portal. A variation of please respect my decision, though, still in. Yeah. Hey, it's just one step at a time, all right? You know, yeah. we, we can't we can't change the world every way we want to. We gotta we gotta do a little bit at a time. I wanna see one player one day just say, Please disrespect my decision. I welcome all disrespect. Well, it would be the other I way. Really be don't like, care you know, if I, you respect my decision because it's I don't mine. give a crap what you yeah. think. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, like Pete yeah. Carmichael. Did you today. see Cam Ward's decision or Cam Ward's announcement video over the weekend when he decided to go pro? Hey, this is Cam Ward. I'm entering the NFL draft. That was the end end of the video. video. Cut! You nailed it. One take. End of video from uh, from Cam Ward. So there are lots of questions that go along with an announcement like that. You're talking about the best running back in the SEC. And one of, if not the best running backs in the entire country who is now on the open market looking for a new destination. I don't know how much pre-portaling went on. I'm sure that conversations uh, happened with other places. It will be, be pretty interesting to see over the next 48 hours. Oh, he was tampered with like mad. Of course he was. He's great. He's a great player. People were trying to get him, but it. Well, yeah, but there's a difference in, hey, do you want to come here? And he's available. Put your best offer together. See if we can work out a deal. I guess that's what I was going to say. I'd be interested to see where he visits. And how that gets handled, right? And. And who's going to be involved, and how much money are they going to try to, to command and go after? Because, I mean, we, we've talked about it on here. It's no secret. that There's been a lot of agreeing to and renegotiating NIL deals over the last couple of years, uh, half dozen or so. And is this going to become kind of a circus? Are they going to try to just keep getting a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more from one score, one score, one school? Or, I mean, how desperate? Uh, are some of these teams going to be for a running back? A great one, but how much do you think you're worth and, and how much, say, a Florida State or whoever thinks you're worth could possibly be two different things? You know, one school we didn't mention earlier is a possible landing spot? Alabama. Is that is that a crazy thought? No. No. No? I mean, the question because of Alabama is a school that recruits five-star players and five-star running backs every year, do they really feel like they got to drop big money in NIL to get him? Oh, I don't think Alabama's paying anywhere close to what other schools are paying. All right, so then that's, yeah, so it just becomes, does Quinshawn Jenkins want to play at Alabama? And then the other you part might. of that is if, and, and hey, Dad, you've kind of pushed back on this a little bit as, like, the, the rumors and the 
speculation and to some degree the reporting that, that there were some issues in the locker room and you know that yeah not everybody and if that's the case long, I, I don't see that Saban's going to reach out to Kiffin yeah yeah if, if that's the case and Kiffin tells Saban hey this is the 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 the, the scoop on this kid then you say yeah Saban's not bringing in guys that are known troublemakers he may end up with a troublemaker here or there but it's not he he didn't he doesn't go looking for him and I think we got I know that was your word, not not mine, and and you weren't necessarily implying that that was the case. But I don't know that troublemaker is even the right way to describe some of. What yeah, they're not happening. legal issues. You can get, right. get arrested or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So there's the Quinshawn uh, the Quinshawn Judkins side of it, and then there's the Ole Miss side of it. What do the Rebels do next? Because they have, they have to fill big shoes. Um, as we started out saying, Quinshawn Judkins has been nothing short of spectacular on the field, performance-wise, the last two years. As a true freshman, he goes for fifteen hundred sixty-seven yards with sixteen touchdowns on the ground, and then in this year, his sophomore season, eleven hundred fifty-eight yards with fifteen touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. 34 touchdowns, back-to-back seasons of over 1,150 yards. Um, nobody in the SEC has put up numbers that are close to that over the last two years that, that Quinshawn Judkins has put up. And so Ole Miss has to fill those shoes. We talked about earlier the fact that running the football has never been an issue for Lane Kiffin and his offenses, whether it was Quinshawn Judkins. And, and remember, Judkins came in at a time when Ole Miss needed an answer at running back. Right? I mean, I, I don't think anybody, I, I don't even know that the coaching staff, who did a good job recruiting him and getting to Ole Miss in the first place, knew exactly what they were getting with Judkins until he got onto campus and started kind of working out with the team. Remember, that was the year after Jerrion Ely and and uh yes Potter. so in 2021 they had Henry Parrish who's still playing by the way uh rushed for 553 Connor rushed for 647 and Ely rushed for 770 and then Matt Corral for good measure over 600 yeah they and ran they the football the on everybody yeah um but the first so thing it, you asked what do they do next the first thing and you said it earlier so I'm stealing what you said the first thing is to lock up Bentley and and mm-hmm. figure out a way to keep him. He's not going to hit the portal, but keep him from testing the NFL waters. That That's that's priority one, I think, in the running back room. Team clearly appears to be very, if you believe social media, which you shouldn't read into it too much, but the team certainly appears to be very excited about his increased role. Seem to like him, but he's productive. And you got to keep a guy like that around. Bob and Pontotoc, could Georgia not be a player for Judkins? I guess they could, but they've already picked up ETN in the portal to transfer from Florida, so it yeah. wouldn't necessarily make sense there. Well, they um, got depth there. A couple of people have said, so doesn't this free up a good bit of money in terms of NIL? Yeah. It, it frees up a lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> But you're still it, it, it frees it up, but it's still going to get spent. It's not like it's just sitting around. It's, you don't have cap relief. But you They're don't have to go get another loan. They may spend. They may. Yeah, that's true. 
they may spend it on two players instead of one, but or maybe even three or four or five. The money will get spent. Yeah. Well, it just depends. Yeah, I mean, but and, and as we were talking about earlier, Ole Miss was already going to spend the money on two or three more offensive linemen and a couple of other pieces. So that money had kind of already been accounted for anyway. So this is almost like new money that comes off your books and kind of opens some things up. So maybe it means you can do more. You can upgrade if you need to at those positions on the offensive line. And you got to go get a running back. But you're not going to spend on a running back what you were spending for Quinshawn Judkins. It's just not going to happen. Mike sends us a message. I saw this a little while ago. Jam Griffin, the Oregon State transfer, who really didn't play almost at all this year, has uh, entered the transfer portal as well. So that leaves, in terms of scholarship running backs on the roster for Ole Miss, you've got uh, Riscano and you've got Ulysses Bentley, who they expect to get a deal done with, and they're looking for more. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. about Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Normally we're talking about great selection and all the vehicles that are available on the lot. But don't forget about the service department. They will absolutely take care of you, whether it's basic service, like getting an oil changed or getting your tires rotated or air filters checked out, or the stuff that you have no idea, like when that pesky, uh, that pesky check engine light comes on and you're like, well, what do I do now? Well, they hook it up to their diagnostic computer and figure out exactly what's wrong. Take care of that. If you've got a diesel, you know those are extra difficult sometimes to work on. A diesel mechanic shop that is on site at Belk Ford New Service Center. And if you live in or around the Oxford area, they will pick up your vehicle, bring it in, take care of the basic service, charge you for it, and bring it back. And the the pickup and the drop-off is of no charge to you. Just uh, one way to help make your day a little go uh, a little smoother and not have to take it time out to uh, go to the service department. Check them out online if you need to for more information, belkford.net, or give them a call and tell them you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. That's Belkford and Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, one last time, we um, we are two days away from the start of SEC basketball play. Mississippi State on the road against South Carolina, 11 o'clock Saturday morning. Ole Miss on the road against Tennessee. Is that 5 o'clock tip-off? Is that right? 5 o'clock Central time? I believe that is correct. I think that's right. And uh, we'll be off and rolling. I was thinking about it a little while ago. So yesterday will be the last Wednesday for basically two and a half months. We don't have conference basketball. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really fun. So we are uh, we're getting close on that. No Thursday night NFL this week. We uh, got a couple of Saturday games, and then we roll into uh, all the rest of the games on Sunday. Final weekend 
of the NFL regular season and a lot to still be sorted out. Yeah, there's still hope for the Saints, too. So they need to win, obviously. And the easiest path to the playoffs is they win and the Bucks lose to the Panthers. That's the easiest way. And they would host a playoff game in that scenario. But the Panthers stink. So if the Bucks beat the Panthers, there's still a path. And it's a Seattle and a Green Bay loss. So Green Bay-Chicago, right? Uh, so Chicago's got to beat Green Bay, and Arizona has to beat Seattle. Arizona played really well yeah. last week. So it's possible. The Eagles. And Chicago's playing really well right now. It's possible. It's possible. Okay. The Saints the Saints and the Bucks play at the same time, so it'll have like that feel of the last day of the Premier League season. It's gonna be like we got we gotta keep up on both games. What's going on here? Go So are you just going to the red zone channel to watch it all? I don't I don't have the red zone channel, so I will just be watching uh, the Saints and go from there. At a bar. So they should hopefully have both. There you go. That's the uh, mm-hmm. is it early game, or is it the afternoon? Both game at also? noon. They're both the noon games. Yeah. Hmm. So the two games on Saturday: Steelers at Ravens on ESPN and ABC. Uh, same for both of these games. Then Texans at Colts. That's a big one for the Texans, isn't it? Yes. I can't. I can't remember all the playoff scenarios. So. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot on the line. Uh, there are Saints fans. This I understand. I, I get like the I want to lose, so the team fires the coach thing. Pete Carmichael's not going to be back anyway. That that doesn't matter. But how can you, as a fan, want your team to miss the playoffs? I can't wrap my mind around that. I, I can't fathom. And the uh, the red beans and rice guy, John Snow, isn't that his name? Um. Or Devin Snow, not John Snow, Devin Snow. Yeah, John he, he, Snow was somebody else. Yeah, but his his name, he has a pun on Game of Thrones. That's what confused me. But he, he nailed it. He's like, people are always talking, fans are always talking about, we got to build for the future, build for the future. You don't know how many more seasons you have left as a Saints fan. Don't you want to go to the playoffs in all of them? Because who knows how many you've got left. And I loved that perspective. I, I know Dennis Allen is struggling. And I know Pete Carmichael stinks out loud. But, buddy, I want to see the Saints in a playoff game. Mm, yeah, me I, too. I don't care about next year right now. I care about right now, right now. A couple of random college football notes as we wrap things up. Will Howard, the former Kansas State quarterback, is headed to Ohio State. There is an opening there after Kyle McCord transferred to uh, Stanford. Syracuse. I'm sorry, Syracuse. I was thinking Syracuse, but was looking ahead to the other note that I was going to mention. That's uh, Alabama's Kool-Aid McKinstry and Tamarian Arnold and Chris Braswell are all, and Dallas Turner and J.C. Latham are all headed to the NFL draft. Well, it feels like Alabama's just probably going to fall off the map next year, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> doesn't seem to work that way. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Have a great night. Oh, it's incredible! 
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.